Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Wait, I have a question. How do they do that? Was that how it was all supposed to work? Okay, but why? In this podcast, I ask the questions, you get the answers. I'm Abby Eden. This is Abby Asks. Today, we are going to be asking Jill Tran, interior designer, about the psychology of interior design. And you're going to find out all sorts of little tidbits about ways that design can trick you into thinking certain things, going certain directions, feeling certain ways. I find this topic really interesting. So I'm joined now by Jill Tran. Jill, how long have you been in the interior design business? Uh, My mother started the company in 82. And so involuntarily, I've been involved (laughs) since then. (laughs) But it's worked out pretty well for you. It has. You know, it's funny. You don't realize how many things you learn when you work with a a parent early on. But I bought the company from her in 01 and took on my business partner in, or excuse me, 2011. Okay. So you've been doing this for a good long while. Yes. It's safe to say basically your whole life. Yes. You have been looking into interior design. And um, I think this is really interesting um, because you'll be talking a little bit about um, the way that businesses use interior design to motivate you perhaps to buy things um, and the way malls use design. And I just find this fascinating. So let's talk a little bit about um, how design affects your perception. Yes. Well, it's it's incredibly powerful. It, it, it can make numbers change in the business world. Uh, and so they've done a lot of studies. So I've actually got some percentages mm-hmm. on how it has affected uh, offices, how it can affect retail. So they don't really study uh, residential design so much, but you can take those numbers and translate those e- even into the home environment. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, there's a 16% percent uh, improvement in production okay. of a well-designed space. That is almost the equivalent of dropping one-fifth of your staff. Wow. Which is, and we all know people are always the most difficult thing in business and the most expensive typically. So to to do that is is those numbers are are a really big deal. Think about even increasing your production even within your home. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to increase it 16% a day, I mean, gosh, that's... That's pretty fantastic. That's huge. Yeah, I could use that for sure. That's what coffee does for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so it, it can increase production. Um, how can it increase sales for a business in the design of a space? Well, sales are absolutely very fascinating. Um, typically, let me start with a grocery store. We're all familiar with the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, most Americans go to the right first. Okay. And so you will notice, and, and another thing about design is I believe it's always very primal where our design comes from. And oftentimes we'll be in a space or walk into a space and we are not comfortable and we can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is kind of primal basic things. And that's part of our job is to come and help with that. So 
even walking into a grocery store, you really go to the right first. And if you go to the left, it feels awkward and you can't quite figure that out. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting how, you know, a well-done store, if you really want to increase your sales, should absolutely be designed by professionals because we know all those tricks and, you know, we, we use so many different studies over the years and, you know, color is certainly a big portion of it, but there's so many other things that go into that and the construction of something and how the ceilings help people make decisions. And it's just, it, you can tell people what to do with design, which is extremely important in retail in particular. How do you tell people what to do? Um, a lot of it is just what decisions you put where. For example, um, if I were to do a space and I put chairs around a meeting table mm -hmm. versus in front of a television set, mm -hmm. that will tell them what to do. I, I want you to sit around and talk. I don't want you watching TV. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of persuasive design that you can do in such instances as well. There was a, an airport, I think it was over in Europe somewhere, where they were trying to get people to use the stairs instead of the escalator. So what they did with just very simple is they painted uh, piano keys uh -huh. on the steps. And so people wanted to do that. And so, you know, that was persuading them to use those stairs and get that physical activity versus taking the escalator. That's fascinating. And it, such it a is. simple fix. Such a simple fix. Both of those are very simple. And how do you model that for home use, perhaps even in your own design? How do you persuade people in a home design to um, feel a certain way in a space or create a space that is more conducive to perhaps sitting around and chatting versus watching television? Sure, sure. Well, you know, a, a lot of that, it is, and I will say we always start with the goals of the people living there, the people working there, so we have a direction to go. I, I like to use the example, you know, if you love Florida, New York City, Seattle, and Phoenix, you know, we all love all these different places, but you, you kind of got to go, you got to pick one. You know, we can't go to Florida and start kind of heading northwest. Mm -hmm. So we always start with, with the goals of a space. And with that, you know, we talk about what is the most important. For a lot of people, the focal point is maybe the fireplace or the television set. But I always like to challenge that. Why? 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 Mm -hmm. is, that, is that habit? Is that what you think you need to do? Is that what you believe others are doing so you should also be doing that? So it's kind of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a decision where we, we start with that. And, and as far as a different mood, I mean, that's the thing, too, is it's all psychological. You know, what? what brings a person peace. Mm -hmm. And to one individual, it's different than another. And it always has to do with their backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a gal one time that we, she said she loved green, so we brought a particular green in. And she almost had this kind of physical reaction to it. And, uh, oh, sorry, you, you, that green isn't working for you. I thought you liked green. And she said, no, that was the color of my high school locker, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So it's, you know, it's little little tidbits like that. So, um yeah, it's just, it's interesting. We're all, we're all so different. Oh, yeah. But we're all also so much the same. It's, it's very interesting. And the idea of also using um, different kind of lights, different kind of tricks to make a place feel more spacious. What do you do for that? And how does that work? Well, I think there's a lot of great times where we do want it to be spacious. And then there's some times where we don't. And, and light can certainly be a big part of that. Uh, they call it a reflective ceiling plan in the commercial world. And, and that's really where we go in and we do the same thing in residential. And it's, you know, we're very in tune with what the goals are and what kind of light. Are we talking the blue light or the yellow light? Or, you know, there's energy savings now and being green. So there's lots of little things that go into that. I think light 
is incredibly important. I know I, I used to be a light designer, and I, I just, it's, it's just, it's so important, and a lot of people kind of use it as a side note. But even just the power of, in residential settings, uh, it's in particularly important, or restaurants, we don't like to use overhead lighting. I know typically a lot of builders really want to go in there and do a lot of can lighting, um, except it's extremely severe. So, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you've got a can over you directly. I mean, it almost makes you look like you're a skeleton. You know, it really shadows your eye sockets and things like that. So uh, in the home, if we want to do cans, we always make sure they're on dimmers or we like to do uh, table lamps Mm -hmm. and really bring that lighting physically lower Mm -hmm. so it's more flattering to the face and, and also to put those on dim. You know, if you're having a great party or an event or something, the best lighting is when all the lighting sources are down low mm-hmm. and they're on low. Mm-hmm. So you just, it's, it just makes you look, makes you look your very, and we could all use all the help we can get. All of us could, certainly. <laughs> and what does that do for the mood then? When you, when you have the right kind of lighting design, what does that do for the mind? Um, it, you know, it, it completely changes the perception of the environment. Um, you know, night and day, think about the, all the different things that happen in, on the same city block morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night. You know, I mean, night, you know, darkness is a cloak. So it's, it's just something you kind of need to, to play with and, and work with to get mo- what it is you want, or what your goal is for that space. Okay. Um, talk more about the psychology of design and how designers use psychology to create the space that, that it needs to be. I, I just, it never ceases to amaze me that the power of that. Um, again, how we can tell people how to feel, how to how to act, where to go. Um, one of my favorites is, and it's again so simple. Uh, my business partner was the designer of the Orlando Magic Arena, and one of the things that she taught me was that they did uh, the opposing team's locker room in pink mm-hmm. because it settles the other team down the best that they the best that they can, and pink is a very calming, one of the, I think it is one of the most calming colors, even more so sometimes in a blue or a gray. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Which is odd because red is fire, uh-huh. and red is heat and energy, and so, it, but, you know, pink just brings them right down. It's especially, it's, but a lot of that's our culture, too, I think, that pink brings them down with pink. Think, makes you think of something sweet, or what do you think it yeah, is? Yeah, or, or even feminine, okay. and feminine, you know, you know, it, it just, it's kind of a softer, you know, sense. I, I suppose it depends on, yeah. the, on the feminine energy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's really interesting. I did not know that about the Orlando yeah. Magic. Yeah, Very yeah. Cool. So that was that was her baby. But, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, we're talking about business, mm-hmm. I think is one of the most uh, interesting things I've read in a long time is, you know, I really wanted numbers uh-huh. for today to talk about. And, you know, the one of the, the big new things today is the open office design Mm -hmm. and everybody keeps you know kind of going toward that trend and you know everybody actually let me back up people ask me all the time about trends and what trends are right for them and it always goes back to your goals but trends are trends and I think they can be very dangerous Mm -hmm. and I also think you kind of have to trust your gut when the when the open office plan came out my initial response was why on earth would that be a better way Mm -hmm. to go that just seems to go against everything a good way to kind of look at that is let's picture a classroom and the kids are in state testing and somebody's outside banging something around or I mean you know it kids can't work like that Uh why would why would adults be able to do any better Uh 
So this this open office design, they did they did a study and they talked about how it is so much less collaborative, which was the initial hope. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a, a study done by Harvard of two Fortune 500 companies that wanted to switch to the open office plan. And so they wanted to study the same employees, 150 employees in each company, mm -hmm. before and after the office design was completed. So they took these 150 and they had a sociometric badge that they had to wear. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting. It studied their movement, their location, posture, uh, their sound sensors, all of these things um, to see how things, and they also measured their text messages, emails, et cetera. So then they completed the open office plan plan. But was, as the walls started to come down, so did the interactions among their, their coworkers. Um, and, but texts and emails went up, huh. which is not what my expectation would have been. And they right. talked about face-to-face -face time among those 300 participants went down by 70. Wow. 70%. Wow. Yeah. So open office plans, great trend, sure sounds like fun, but <laughs> it, I suppose in the right environment that sure. might be good. Um, but they also wondered, too, you know, people thought, well, what about the quality? You know, you know the quality must have changed, or people kind of look out over their employees and kind of study and see who's being productive and who is not. But the quality of the emails and the texts that were there and the speaking that happened didn't change. Uh -huh. So it wasn't like they honed in. It was just, it was the same, same communication, just in a different way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating, and very clearly, it sounds like design unknowingly to us affects so much of our mood and what's happening and you know it's not just about pretty paint colors and pretty tiles and you know it's it's, it's so much more than I think what a lot of people give it credit for so uh, what parting remarks do you have as an interior designer when it comes to the psychology of your space you know I, th I think for so, we've, we all have the perception that, you know, I think based on television and things like that, that this is a skill that, you know, so many different people can do. And that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, I use the example of doing my hair. I, I could cut my hair. I could color my mm -hmm. hair. But I would get a lot better result if I were to have a professional do it. I think that's true with so many things with professionals. But, you know, I think if you're trying to make an investment, whether it's in your office or it's in your home or whether it's remodeling or building new or whatever that needs to be it's kind of like anything in life you you get what you pay for mm -hmm. and it's worth bringing a professional in and someone who would think about things that someone who doesn't do it every day would never think about mm -hmm. it you know I it's they've done studies too where you can typically a business can typically make back their investment on a remodel in almost five years wow and then wow. so anything beyond that would be gained in productivity, would be gained in fewer sick days, uh, an employee retention, things like that that are always quite expensive. And that's, you know, retention saves on training expense and things like that and HR. Um, so I think to always hire a professional because there's there's so many things in there that, that you would never think about or, or even consider. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. And it's so much that, yeah, the... The layperson like myself would never think of. So um, I appreciate it so much, Jill. And uh, how Thank do people you. contact you if they want to find um, out more? I can be reached at uh, jill at tranthomasdesign.com mm -hmm. or our website's tran with an N, mm -hmm. thomasdesign.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com or our office is 913-268-9595. All right, Jill Tran, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Abby. And we'll see you soon on Fox 4. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.